We're the Nada Grande Boys. I'm Rodney Wood. And I'm Kyle Jackson. Welcome to the Nada Grande Outdoors podcast where we hunt it forward. And we are live. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of us could shut up three minutes ago and then I hit the button and said we are live and everybody went. Hello, Clovis, New Mexico. <laughs> the pucker factor is real. <laughs> We're in Clovis, New Mexico. Kyle Jackson and Rodney Wood with the third slightly contributing not a grande boy. <laughs> thank, you. thank you, thank you. Home of the fat girl, Dina's house. <laughs> She wasn't that fat. It was a long time ago. Okay, so I'll t- I'm going to tell a bad story. No, about let's myself. don't. Let's no, 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 no. This one is not that oh, bad. Okay. This one's this one's <laughs> even so. You know, it's, when Kyle said no, 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 it's not. Um, this is so, brought to you by the letter M O M. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how many listeners that we have that listen to Rodney Carrington. Probably all of them have heard him. But he has this skit where he's talking and he says, uh, Nebraska, home of the fat girl. <laughs> and so one time me and a buddy of mine were in Colorado. And he comes running up to me, just bouncing all happy. Rodney, 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 come here, come here, come here. And he drags me across the bar and he goes, you got to meet these girls. You got to meet these girls. And uh, a dude was all kinds of excited. And I was like, what the hell? Who are we fixing to meet, right? And he introduced me to these girls, you know. And this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so. And and I was like, cool, so where are y'all from? And one of them goes, Nebraska. And without missing a beat, I went, home of the fat girl. <laughs> and my buddy goes, I knew it! I freaking knew it! I knew you was going to do it! <laughs> drug me all the way over there just because he knew that I was going to freaking do it. And I did it. And those girls were looking at me like, what? Uh, I was like, no, I'm not calling you fat. I was just, you know, it's a comedian. It's a joke. Rodney Carrington, you know. Yeah. They didn't know. Oh, I was like, man. yeah, that will ruin that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty funny. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that story. Uh, you weren't there. You weren't the buddy. Thank you God. were the buddy from a lot of stories. Now you know. Yeah. Now I know. Now you know. Yeah, that one was. Uh, that one was a good time. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Very good. Um. This is a this is a topic. The, I guess the topic we're going to talk about tonight. We're we all serious. We're going to talk some shit tonight. So we, we are going to talk. We are because that's what we do when we're around each other. <clears throat> Dito's looking at me like. Are you gonna tell us? No, I, I'm not gonna tell a story. It's all right. I honestly can't believe that you made it this far without saying a cuss word. I'm very proud of you. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> <laughs> how's the cuss word. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I'm known for. Actually, I'm the cuss word. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that title. <laughs> um, Explicit comes directly from Rodney. Yeah. You know, listen, I've dropped a few F-bombs here on the podcast. You've dropped one or two. Possibly. Maybe maybe one. Maybe. Maybe half of one. We might have got a F out of you. (laughs) (laughs) 
He don't. He don't give a <laughs> darn. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? We're talking about. So, so this, now we're on cussing squirrels. We're on cussing. <laughs> a lot of. We ought to be squirrel hunting because we're on, we're on a lot of squirrel trails right now. But um, no, this is a, a podcast we wanted to do simply because you know. Not a grande. We started not a grande a little over a year ago, and it was based on the fact that it's just an everyday man's perspective. Correct. An everyday man's perspective, and and the majority of people out there who hunt um, aren't professionals. Don't have a lot of money. Um, don't. You know, can't go hunting even a month out of the year. Yeah. And that's who we wanted to connect with because, you know, when you look at a lot of the, the media that's out there based around the hunting industry, and that's what it is, that's what it has become is, is a hunting industry. Indeed, yes. on earlier we were talking about how you're back in your dad's day and... and, and it was, it was nothing like it is now. No, no, you know, I'm thinking back, my granddad was, you know, red and red and back black uh, buffalo plaid mm-hmm. and blue jeans, mm-hmm. you know, and now you look and and uh, you're talking about buying a a set of Kuyu camouflage. It's going to cost you, you know, a thousand bucks for for all seven layers and. It, it it's become an industry whether it's whether it's from gear or you know thousand dollar rifle two thousand dollar rifle and you know twelve hundred eighteen hundred dollar pair of binoculars and um, all all the way through tags. I mean, if talking about buying private land hunts in New Mexico, Colorado, going to Texas and buying a high fence something, it, it's absolutely an industry. Yeah, and it's it's the the I don't think the argument is is whether that's good or bad. It's just the um, it's just that that's the, not the everyday hunter. exactly. The image is not what is representative of the majority of the hunters out there. I think right. and and you know we've talked about this before um, a little bit in our you know fitting this pizza in our mouth talking about. Mm-hmm. Getting ready for hunts. Yeah, and it, it you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you there for Go just ahead. a second, Kyle, because I want to preface this, which we do often. You know, for those that want to buy all the Kuyu and have the money to buy all the Kuyu or Sitka gear, or first it is good gear. gear. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic stuff. I can't and, afford it. I wish <laughs> I had yeah, some. Yeah, and it, where great, are your corporate really sponsors when gear. I need them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So for all the guys that can do that, great. And for all of the guys that do want to be workout warriors and and all of that stuff, great. And all those guys that are do-it-yourself backcountry hunters that spend 20 days out in the woods at a stretch, great. We're not knocking you guys. No, and, and we I think we the, want to make that very clear because yeah, we've, we've harped on that before is is we don't want to be those, those people, and hopefully our listeners are not those people who are the eat your own type. Correct. We, there, but, there, there's enough heat but, on the hunting community as it is that we don't need to be breaking each other down, but we do want 
I'm not tapping the table, Rodney. I'm just touching very lightly to make my point. They can't see you. They can't. Exactly. They can only hear it. So they, they can only hear it when you make. The only reason they know I'm doing it is because you keep doing that. But back, back to the subject. Um, we just, I think it's it's just good for us to kind of remind and. and put back out there that that's not the majority and and we're not knocking those who can afford it and who, who can do that and and all of that stuff but we want to make sure that everybody understands that is not the norm no it's not the norm is basically us Beg, steal, and borrow. We, we go we go to three or four hunts a year if we're lucky enough to draw the tags and if we don't then it's beg, steal, or borrow hey, a tag. You're using luck, and you just threw I, a big old rant about how lucky. We, no, we you we know were, we you were know fortunate enough. We were fortunate enough to draw. You know whatever tags we draw, and we're fortunate enough to go hunting yeah. as much as we do. But you have to fit it in with all your other life activities. Yes, you do. Even and even Don, who who hunts way more than we do. Yes, you know. No, he still doesn't hunt he still as doesn't. much as. Do it you like know, a professional. All the, all the TV yeah. show people. and that's But that's the point I wanted to make. We're not knocking those other people. But Not a Grande is about the working man who hunts when he can. Yeah. I'm a poet and didn't know it. Yeah. Poet but, and didn't know but it. But that's, that's what this is about. And that's what we're going to talk about today is that you don't have to be, you don't have to have all of that. You don't have to do all of that to be a good hunter. You know, and it's tough when you actually look at how saturated the market is and how much you have access through technology today to that image. And and there, uh, if you're if you're kidding yourself, there is a there is a science to marketing, mm-hmm. and they do a fantastic job of it. Um, otherwise, people wouldn't sell anything. But. Uh, there, there needs to be an understanding that that again, that's not the norm. I have a question, and this is just pondering here. Pontificate um, away, right? Right. Um, there's no. I don't know that there's any study or science to this as to uh, that would back this up. But I wonder if we might almost be doing a disservice to those that are trying to get into hunting. Because all of these hunting shows, that's what they do. They promote First Light, Sitka, Kuyu. And you need this to be a good hunter. You need to do this to be a good hunter. You need to have that to be a good hunter. And these people that don't know anything about hunting, the people that we're trying to get into the Hunt It Forward program, these people see that and they're like, that's unattainable. Mm -hmm. I'll never be able to. So I wonder if we might not be doing a disservice to ourselves by pushing that out there. Well, I think I think probably so, unknowingly. Yeah. I don't think it's intentional. I mean, you you look at it and it's, yeah, no, it's just people trying to make money. Yeah, that's which, what, that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't blame that. The free market's a, it, no, is a as, great thing. As you guys know, I buy every gimmick that's known to man. Yes, I have absolutely. all of the toys. <laughs> right. And, you know, I still miss a buck at 10 yards that you right. guys talked about last time that we were together. We talk about about it every time we can. (laughs) It doesn't make you... uh, Those things are nice. They're luxuries. But 
it doesn't make you any better. The, the time that you spend in the field, whether it's practicing, getting to know your surroundings, the research that you do, those things are what make you a better hunter. Um, and, and even with that, you can still miss a bucket 10 yards. Right, right. Which well, I have not looked here's, down. Here's, here's, and, and you yeah, never, you never just will. to be clear. <laughs> but here's, some, here's, here's kind of something that I want to point out is what's a better hunter? Because is that is that the goal? Should that be the goal to be a better hunter, well, or should the goal be to be a good conservationist and to enjoy hunting? You know, and I, I think that that if you watch TV shows, we had the TV on earlier tonight, and we're watching whatever it was, and something in Africa, and this guy shooting this or that, and it's this big, and it, it's a you know the guy made the new world record of this in SEI, blah blah blah. I don't know that that makes him a good hunter. I know that he put yeah. a whole lot of money into that and Let's paid for it, but that's not obtainable for so any one of us. So I think I think this is this is a conversation that we've been having for quite some time, and it, and it it's a conversation I think that is starting to make a turn in the industry, and mm-hmm. that is defining what trophy is, defining what. If it fills my freezer, it's a trophy. Exactly, right? Absolutely. What, what are you what are you going out there for? And I think if we can make that turn, uh, there, so let me let me say there there was a show on Netflix. It was called The Leg- Legend of a Whitetail Hunter. <laughs> yes, and it had Josh oh, Rowland in it. Hilarious. And it is absolutely hilarious simply for the fact because of again, without Meaning any disrespect or any, um, without Contempt. knocking anybody yeah. or anything like that, no offense, meant it was very typical of how hunting shows have been for years and years and years. And that was, they would show the shot and just the exuberance, the, the complete excitement, ah, I got him, ah, you know, and showing how big the animal was. Um, and I think that has changed, you know, somewhat. There's players now in the industry who uh, who every shot's not a trophy shot every animal's not a trophy animal uh, there's conversations being had out there about it's about the experience and I think though that is a, a very positive thing for the hunting community and the hunting industry because coming back to Rodney's question that's what we should be focusing on is the experience. Um, mm-hmm. If you're if you're just in it for a trophy animal, um, so be it. You're not the average hunter, but because... you're you know most well, everybody wants to kill a trophy. Everybody wants, Absolutely, everybody wants to kill you know. a trophy. But the reality is, the long term uh, retention of memories, I would say, doesn't come from trophy animals it comes from the experience itself what do you tell whenever you tell a hunting story you tell most i would say 90 percent of your hunting story makes is made up by the things that you went through to get the animal uh-huh. and a very minuscule part of it is actually focused on how big that animal is take take me and uh, me and didon's deer hunt um last year mm-hmm. um it was supposed to be a me and D-Don and Kyle hunt, but... Sure, know, we won't get into that again. <laughs> we, 
What, what, what is one Timing of the most, is everything. Right? Let's just say that and Valentine's Day is not the time. <laughs> what was one of the most <laughs> memorable parts of that hunt? Uh, you know, there, there was a lot, of, a lot of great memories about that hunt. But really, it was, it was everything building up to... It, it wasn't the shot. I don't even... I vaguely remember even what deer you killed. You know what the most memorable part of that hunt was? The goddamn rattlesnake. Sn- stepping on the rattlesnake. Right? You know, and that had nothing to do with the hunt. I didn't know um, up until that point that I was a screamer and right. come to find out I am. <laughs> so. Well, now that's not true because, so I believe it was the year that you missed the 10-yard buck. Yeah, it was the 10-yard buck. If you remember correctly. You went off the cap route. Um, well, yeah, we got that rattlesnake then too, but no. Even after that, so he misses the t- he misses the buck at ten yards. Oh, I remember. The buck that. runs yeah, off, yeah, yeah. Yep. and we're we're following it. We're tracking it through the sand dunes, and Dedon's going around a dune, and that buck jumps up and runs off, and I hear Jesus. <laughs> it was a holy moment, followed, <laughs> followed by kablam. <laughs> okay, so I'm a screamer. Let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what happened. And so, yeah, we've known you were a screamer for quite some time. time. But, yeah, it's uh, when you tell hunting stories around, and and everybody loves to tell hunting stories, when you tell hunting stories around the campfire, you don't spend 30 minutes talking about how big the animal is. You talk about everything involved in the hunt itself, whether it Mm -hmm. was leading up to it, the stock, the, you know how nervous you were and then maybe even uh including the work that it took afterwards I'm, i know a big part of the story of, of your deer hunt last year was dragging, <laughs> dragging that son of a gun out because that was when you stepped on the rattlesnake yeah. so better decisions have been made it's that's no i think it, it's just trying to get that mindset to change to understand that it's really the experience that people are looking for, whether they know it or not. And it, it, anybody that's out in the in the wild, if you, if you're outdoors doing anything, and I, I, it doesn't matter if you're camping with your with your family, it doesn't matter if you're out rubbing sticks together. It, I, as long as you're outside, you're a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's mm-hmm. really because that's what we're all in this for is is to be outdoorsmen and and be conservationist and be you know outdoor minded and you know you guys wouldn't have started the podcast you wouldn't have done not a ground day outdoor if you weren't passionate about passing that on to other people absolutely and and you look at you know i, I guess i'm uh, i may be beating a dead horse here but but i just you know reaching out to the people we're trying to reach out to the everyday man the people who are listening who are wanting to get into, into hunting but don't know how, it's just really important to understand that a lot of the image out there that you see is not, it's not normal. You know, uh, an everyday guy is not going to be able to go to the gym four to five times a week. No. To prepare, no. to prepare for a backpack hunt into the wilderness for 20 days. Yeah. The everyday guy gets off his job, goes home to a spouse and kids, um, or girl, either way, 
and they have to fit in their practice and they have to fit in any type of physical preparations that they're doing around their everyday schedule, taking kids to practice, uh, making dinner, whatever it is, we, un- I mean, we understand that. Yeah, and, and you know, that's, that's the point you're trying to make. Like, take my day, for example. You know, um, I work 10-hour days, and I have an hour drive to get to work every day. So I've got 12 hours wrapped up in work. When I get home, you know, I get home 6, 6.30, and I've got to spend time with the kids. I've got to spend time with my wife. I try as hard as I can to fit some archery in there, to some practice. It, it, you know, for those that don't know, um, I've, I've been doing, and you probably, uh, some of you may have seen it on Instagram, where, you know, I've been doing the story about my archery prep this year. So I've been trying to shoot as much as I can. I put a program together, and I'm not following it at all. You know, <laughs> it's not because I don't want to. It's just that other things take priority. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, like I said, you've got to spend time with your kids. You've got to spend time with your wife. I try and get my kids out there and shoot, so it's kind of a family deal. But just because I can't shoot 100 arrows a day doesn't mean that I can't be a good archer. Yeah. Doesn't mean that at all. Doesn't mean that I can't go on an archery hunt. You know, just, yeah, you do it when you can. And if you can't, you, you know, you know, basically what that means is maybe I'm not going to be able to take a 60-yard shot at an antelope this year. Maybe I'm only going to be able to get enough practice in to be lethal up to 40 yards. Yeah. And so that's, and I think that's a, a real good, I was thinking of how to kind of explain the whole, difference in what most people can do and then what you can like like you're talking about what you can actually do with all that equipment so i'll give you a good example of it and this is the way that i look at it anyways when i was oh uh just out of college i had a job uh, with the county extension service in raton and i was living in a house in raton i didn't have a shop i had very little tools at all but i decided i wanted to make my mom and dad a coffee table for Christmas. Waited till the last possible moment. I mean, it was like December when I started this coffee table and I should have started it probably in October or September, possibly. Very few tools. I was, I would go over to my friend's house or, uh, yeah, friend's house and I would use their garage and I had, I think, a table saw and I had a cordless drill and I had a router and I had a dremel and I made a coffee table for my mom and dad with those four tools fantastic coffee table one of them my favorite things I've ever built in my life as far as woodworking goes it had an inlay tile in it that has all of our all my dad's and all of our boys brands in it is it perfect no but is it meaningful? Absolutely. When you talk about had I had a wood shop with all the tools, could I have done it easier and faster? Yes. Did it make it any more meaningful? No. No. And that's the way that I view all, all the 
um, commercialism around the hunting industry is yes, are those tools, are those, are, are those uh, that merino wool layer system, is it beneficial? Absolutely. Is it necessary? No. 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 I hunted a many years. Black and red buffalo plaid for my granddad. Absolutely. I mean, I hunted a many years before I was successful in killing an animal. It didn't make me any less of a hunter. It made me a less successful hunter, <laughs> but it didn't make me any less of a hunter. Yes. Um, and that's, that's I think, the, the main point. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are daunted by... It's, it's expensive. I mean... It doesn't have just, to be. It, it doesn't have to be. You can make it as expensive as you want to be, but, you know, you can... You know, I was looking on something online the other day, and it was a complete gun with a scope and with a sling and blah, 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 your first box of bullets, and it was like 299 bucks, which... I mean, to me, I can't just cough up 299 bucks today, even if I wanted to. If you said, hey, this is a great deal, it, yeah, it's a great deal, but that might not be obtainable for me today. Mm-hmm. But, and I think a lot of that goes back to preparation. Hey, you know, if I'm going to go hunting, I can start building this stuff up little by little, and, you know, you upgrade. And um, I think, yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that, that Rodney taught me was he built it into his budget kind of like your tools mm-hmm. where he built it into his into his budget where every month he takes no matter how little it is he takes and he takes a little bit and puts it into his hunting budget it could be five bucks it could be five bucks it could be ten bucks whatever it is but you know they say that um, luck is actually when opportunity and preparation meet. And that's that's the way that I view something like that. Yeah, it may be a great deal, but if I can't afford it right now, that does me no good. So what can I do to combat that? I start putting it layaway. In, I, yeah, exactly. Right? Either I do layaway or I start putting it into a, a budget. And so at some point... Now I've got this pool of money, and what are, I have a list of what are my wants and needs, and I, whenever I come across a two hundred, you know, a great deal like that, I go, oh look at that, I've prepared, and here's the opportunity, bam, now I've got. It. So so that brings me to a story. Me and Dion drew um, some rifle deer tags in Unit Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Um, quite some time back. It um, was the first year Obama was elected. We were listening to the election on our hunt. Um, and I wept. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now. Um, I'm sure you weren't alone. <laughs> here's, but, but, so here's the thing. When we, when we found out that we drew the tags, you know, back then you found out June or something that you, that we drew tags, um, I made a list of everything that I wanted for that hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were planning on trying to, do, we were going to thinking about doing some backpacking and this, that, and the other. And um, at the time, I was living in Las Cruces. And I would go into Sportsman's Warehouse as often as I could. And I would find the things that were on my list. And I started saving. Right away, I started putting back. 
and like kind of like Kyle's talking about five dollars here ten dollars there and I went in and I knew where in the store every I had five or six items that I wanted to buy for this hunt at that time I didn't have a large hunting collection um, hunting gear collection I should say and I watched and kind of like Kyle said preparation and opportunity I saved up and I had a certain little stash of cash ready and when one of the items that I wanted would go on sale I pounce and I'd get that item and that's and that's what I did and it helped me kind of start getting some gear together how long ago was that 10 years ago? No, 12 years about, ago? It's about 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 or 12 years ago. That sleeping bag that we bought for that for that mm -hmm. hunt, still my preferred sleeping bag mm -hmm. for everything. Mm -hmm. I used it last weekend, it's literally. A, it's a great sleeping bag. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, you know, I bought that. I bought, um, I bought each of us a frame pack. Mm -hmm. uh, Could have used I bought that a, on your deer hunt, just uh, saying. <laughs> we had one. We had one on my freaking back. Um, no, but yeah. So yeah, you know, I bought a new knife. You know, there there were several things, but you know, that's the way I did it. And and you know, of course, you know, there's lots of memes out there on the internet. And then there's you know, we poke fun. Uh, you know, that's what we do. You know, we were kind of talking about when we were talking about. <laughs> we we're kind of talking about preparation uh for this podcast and um we we were kind of making fun and saying um calling it elitism you know and that's what it is because there you know there's memes out there when when you walk by a group of hunters wearing when you're when you're wearing cabela's hunting clothes and you walk by a group wearing all kuyu or all sitka gear and how they look at you, you know, just stuff like that. And, and they're funny, because um, it's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> they're funny but, because cause everything funny has a little little ring of truth to it. Yeah. And, and it's because it, I can't afford it. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, and it's a little bit of a joke. I mean, you, we've got first light gear. I, you know, we do. a whole set of first light gear, and I absolutely freaking love it. I'm not knocking having that gear, but... Um, I don't have a set of it. Well, you should get a set. <laughs> but, but, you, but you look at, you know, you look at, at it's, it's always funny because you look at those, uh, those jokes, those memes, mm -hmm. um, and there's, you know that there's two sides to that. Sure. You know, that I'm sure that, that the Sitka guys who have the full, full workup of Sitka gear are going, well... You guys just think I'm an asshole. I'm really a nice guy. I just had the means to, to do yeah. it. So. I, prom and, and I promise you, until the last and two if years, if you had if you had the means, you would do the same thing I did. I, yes, I promise you. Until the last two years that we've been hunting together, I didn't have a matching set of camouflage. No, it was yeah, parted together. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, you laughed at me, but it's well, you know. no. You know, what I laughed at is that when we were hunting down there um, in Unit Thirty Three, mm -hmm. is how both of us thought that that desert camo was going to be so fantastic. Yeah. And it's kind of that lighter color, color stuff. And here comes Kyle wearing his, uh, what is it? Uh, I was dark timber. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's all, and we're like looking at him like, dude, you're going to stick out like a freaking sore throat. Could not see him. 
And then here comes Dedon poking across the hill all doo doo doo. I look like shining like the freaking sunlight. You look like an antelope at that. Right? I mean, and I was you... like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, so, you know, whatever. But so, but you're right. I mean, it, that, it does that's it. how most people start out is they piece their stuff together. And that's what we advocate for. Yeah. Don't, don't let that stop you from getting into hunting. Don't buy into the hype of you have to have this to be a hunter much less be a good hunter um beg steal and borrow i know i know plenty of people i was one of them whenever i was a kid that wore uh the old you know black brown and green bdus from the army surplus store i still have a set of them i'm an ebay junkie i know i mean I i am an ebay junkie and that's another thing that i wanted to touch on is there are lots of places where you can get Good quality stuff, cheap or not a lot of money. eBay's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Cabela's comes with a lifetime guarantee. Okay. Whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but you look at like rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to have a custom rifle. You, both of you guys were thoroughly impressed with the muzzleloader that I got from Lyman. Mm-hmm. And I got a screaming deal on that muzzle loader because I was a hunter ed instructor mm-hmm. and there are lots of programs out there like that where you get discounts on really cool stuff because you're a hunter ed instructor or you're a guide or you're what you know first responder or whatever it is don't shortchange yourself just do a little bit of looking yeah I'm an impulse buyer too, so I, I kind of have a I, I have a problem. I have I have what my ex-wife deemed a problem with hunting. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. It may I have mean, contributed. You know, I think I think that you know the major point is you know like you you see these hunting shows or you listen to these hunting podcasts out there and. A lot of them, you know, they're adver- it's advertising. That's how they make their money is advertising. And they say, well, I use this and I use that. And the only backpack that I'll take it to the wilderness when I go is this. Um, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you can afford that. And that's not to say that we would turn down. That's okay. <laughs> no. this Anybody is, listening? This is, this is where, this is where My I was, address is. This is where I was fixing to go yeah. with, with this whole statement. See. Right now, we're not a Grande Outdoors to dudes who have regular jobs. If this ever turns into something where I have the, sponsor, the, the sponsorships and the ability to quit my job and wear that fantastic gear and be a professional hunter, guess what I'm going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, brought to you by, to you by Preparation Age. <laughs> let's, let's, let's turn the table and say, if someone were to give me a full wood shop, you, I would be crazy to turn that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what we're saying here. We're just the, the main point is that you don't have to have that stuff to be a better hunter or to be a hunter. Period. Our two hundred four candidates last year. Um, one of them had uh, some good camo, and the other one borrowed from her. Mm-hmm. And they both had a great experience. They, they were both successful. Mm-hmm. They both drew this year. Um, it's arts art. not. It, none of that came about because they had the greatest gear, 
or had the best knowledge or anything of, of that sort. They just made good use of their opportunity. Absolutely, you know. And we've got we've got we've got two new hunted forward candidates this year. Mm-hmm. Very excited about both of them. Um, one of them is, I mean, she's super excited, you know. And I'm and I'm not knocking uh, the other one because you know he's he's um, he has his place in there, but she is she's raring she, to go. She is raring oh to go. I mean, she is. You know, she's talking to me about calibers of rifle, and she's talking to me about buying ammo and what kind of gear do I need, and I love it. It's fantastic. Um, but this, uh, that's, that's this is a conversation we're going to have to have with her and yeah. say, look, don't don't get crazy carried mm-hmm. away and run up your credit card on mm-hmm. getting all this stuff. Let's let's get you into it and see what you like, yeah. and then let's. That's go why I told there. her, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go meet with them here um, in a couple of weeks, and and then we're going to sit them down and we're going to let her shoot several different calibers of rifle and kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of make her, you know, let her kind of choose what she likes and have some options and stuff like that. And Ryan, he's a little bit more reserved about it. He keeps in contact with me, asks me, you know, how is things going? When are we going? What's going on? And stuff like that. But it's all about, and they're a perfect example of the contrast of different types of hunters. And there's nothing wrong with either type. Absolutely. You know, and uh, it's kind of the whole point of Nada Grande and what we're doing here. And I see that as even uh, the the hunter safety uh, course that I taught here in Clovis, there was little kids in there that were just raring to go, you know. I cannot believe that they gave you hunter safety instructor card. I'm a great guy. You guys are paying it forward. I'm paying it forward. I'm, I'm passing it on. Hunting I feel like I probably should have got a hold of, of Jennifer right? Morgan, the, the Hunter Ed person, and say, you do know who you're giving this to, right? I mean, you one, know, they let you in a room with kids. <laughs> so, so do you and know, you can't hit a deer at 10 yards, and you're going to teach kids how to hunt? So if, It leaves more for me. <laughs> when I learned how to shoot, whether, whether whether you're a religious person or not, uh, the principle of of turning your life around is is pretty. It's exemplified by Dion <laughs> learning stories from his childhood. I think it's exemplified by you. Well, how so? I mean, cut. shoot him. We can drag him. Oh across yeah, the my, but he actually did it. No, he actually did it. You would have. Kyle, You'd have been in front of me. You'd have shot that out. Kyle thought real hard about it. Kyle's the the little white angel on your shoulder that tells you what to do. That's right, and I'm the other yeah, guy. Yeah, Kyle's, that's, Kyle's that's... the white angel on the one side, and you're the little red devil on the other side, and I'm the jackass in the middle yelling at both of you. You're dicks. Shut up. <laughs> Just make a decision. <laughs> that just no um, it's it's true though i mean it's 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 always interesting to uh look at and see the change in people as they mature and, and that type of thing so, i'm waiting for that to happen it's gonna be a great time soon as i hit puberty it's gonna be amazing <laughs> All kinds of doors are open for me. This is like a pro magnon squirrel here, prehistoric squirrel, seven feet tall that we're off on here. We don't want to get into the discussion like that. <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story. 
uh, on the podcast anyway. I've told it a thousand times other places. But, so, me and Dean have been buddies for a long, long time. And me and Kyle have been buddies for quite a damn long time as well. But a lot longer with me and Dean. And at least two years ago <laughs> and more, Dean was a bit of a... Um, uh, he was a poacher. <laughs> no, that's that's not that's not true. Yeah, he he was a bit of a poacher, and um, not a poacher, a taker, an illegal taker of game. <laughs> What's that a better way to say it? <laughs> so, no, but seriously. Um, and then I've got my buddy Kyle, who is a game warden, and for the longest time they had never met. <laughs> And I had no intentions of them ever meeting, you know, because how does that freaking work, right? And then um, we all decided to go hunting together. And I am not going to lie, I was nervous. Because these are my two best friends, right? Hunting with a game warden, just to be honest, is a little bit like going to the bar with a preacher. It, right. it doesn't feel quite right. <laughs> so, so yeah, but yeah, so I was, I was, um, I was, you know, no, now, now granted when, when y'all met, you weren't a poacher anymore. No. Um, that was when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can't see the, uh, Kyle held his hands up with his fingers about, you know, a quarter inch of apart saying just a little bit. And then Dedon throws his fingers up, and he was like, "No, nah, a little bit more like that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but let's but, be honest, Rodney was too, because I would get calls as a game warden. Hey, the limit on trout six, right? No, it's four. It's That's five. what I said. That's I what I said. Four. Four. There's five. There's plenty five. of us fishing. Don't don't call me. <laughs> no, but seriously. So I, yeah, I was I was you know nervous to get these guys together and then we went on a hunt to, we drew tags and we oh. went on the hunt together that was the first our first hunt was when we all went on that artesia um unit that uh, unit 33, 33. primitive mm-hmm. mud loader hunt that one. and that's one of the best damn hunts i've ever been on oh yeah now we didn't get shit because we were laughing too damn hard and d can't hit anything at 10 yards <laughs> just in case anybody hasn't heard that d can't hit shit at 10 yards. Not if it was a pile of shit as big as a house. He couldn't hit it at 10 yards. <laughs> Nor a big deer. A but, very, very big deer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he missed that fork horn at 12. I know. So. <laughs> it, it's an old distance thing. Yeah. You know, inside, if they're inside 20, man. That, yeah. 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 Well, but seriously, you know, so I was a little nervous, you know, wanting to get if that dynamic didn't work, it was just going to be friction. So that being said, uh, I get to tell a story about, uh, it was a, a guy I didn't know. He, he retired before I, I became a game warden. But uh, I had the privilege of, of being on the honor guard at his funeral. And some of the stories that were told about him were actually really hilarious and everybody said about him, they said, 
we all tried really hard to get him to become a game warden, and he finally became a game warden. And we were all really glad because we couldn't catch him when he was poaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard you say it, and I've heard it said otherwhere. Um, poachers make great game wardens. They do. They know, you know what you're looking for. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. You know, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice that's to talk not... shit about you when you're actually here. I know. <laughs> you know what? It has two thumbs and has killed something that they shouldn't have discovered. <laughs> so, uh... There's a lot more there that, that might disqualify Nidon for being a game warden than just... just well, but you know, no, a, a, even... Uh, that I, I might not have followed the rules when I was when I was younger and you told me that ignorance of the law is not an excuse it's not but um, you know that that was a long time ago and uh, kind of a long time ago and you know it uh, being more responsible now and then moving on and adapting to being a hunter's ed instructor so you know and uh, kind of bring bringing this all back to to, to the hunting stuff, I don't know. I was really just trying to get the stories off of me for a minute. But, I mean... Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead y'all carry on. It's your show. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, think, I, think I, know, I think I know where you're going with that. I, and and it, it's, it's true that... Um, I've never had a, a situation where I have run into somebody who might have been doing something that they weren't supposed to. Let's take a fairly benign example like taking, you know, one fish over the limit. But when you actually explain to them how hunting works and how conservation works, when you can articulate the power that hunting has as a conservation tool and, and what it takes to, to maintain... Uh, the wildlife populations for everybody to enjoy, not just hunters, wild, you know, wildlife, we're talking the entire state of people who get to enjoy wildlife. And why do they get to do that? Is because hunters, fishers, and trappers buy those licenses. Most people don't know this, but in, at least here in New Mexico, and it is this way in most states, There's no money that goes to the Department of Game and Fish from the general fund. All habitat projects, all salaries, all everything is paid through hunting, trapping, and fishing licenses. And then on top of that, the uh, Pittman, Robertson, Dingle, Johnson. Um, and that stuff is strictly habitat coming from the feds. Mm -hmm. But that's what it's paid for by. And so if you enjoy watching wildlife and if you enjoy you know taking photos of wildlife even if you're in what we call a non-consumptive user you're not a hunter you're enjoying those benefits because of hunters the north american hunting or north american conservation model is all funded by hunting dollars there's we, some back in and before you let me just put this a little bit in there Back in 1900, there were no elk in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Zero. 
They had all been extirpated by hunting. Because of the North American conservation model, we reintroduced some, and now we have nearly 90,000 mm -hmm. across the state. And mm -hmm. that, we have bighorn sheep. Hunt, turkey. We can hunt bighorn sheep. We can hunt turkey. We can hunt all of those things because of hunters, fishers, and trappers. Turkey have been restored to their, um, to 100% of their natural range and more. Mm -hmm. uh, the most successful reintroduction that there is. I mean, it's just amazing what, what that model has done. You were talking about non-consumptive users and people who just watch wildlife. There is um, probably quite a few people in the Artesia area that have seen a nice 10-point buck all because of a hunter who can't shoot at 10 yards. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. I, I won't say anything about that. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, that's that's why we push push this so much. That's why we have Hunt It Forward trying to get new people into hunting because that is how this is all possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's why we kind of chose this topic to talk about that, you know, like... You know, what you were talking about, like, exercising. And, and not that exercising is bad, not that getting in shape is bad or anything, but, but you know, if all you can do is go for a walk of a mile or two a couple of times a week, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that just because you don't have time to go to the gym, you know, two hours a day every day of the week for three months preceding your hunt doesn't mean that you can't get into hunting. Hmm. Um you know, just because you can't go to the mountains and hike five miles a day um, for three months preceding your hunt doesn't mean that you can't go hunting. And for those that can do that, don't look down on those that can't, mm -hmm. you know. And those that can't, you don't have to worry. You don't, don't worry about those that can. You know, good for them. That's great. But that's kind of like you were talking about eating our own, you know. Do what you can. The rest will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um <clears throat> You know, you were, you were talking earlier, just as we were sitting around before we started this, that, um, you know, that that uh, being being fit and, and being the, the hunter-athlete type person, um, you know, if I had to get on, on a treadmill and run two miles, I'm going to die. I have walked two miles, I'm going to die, let's be honest. I'm the pillar of health, you know. I would lift weights if they weren't so heavy. <laughs> but, the, um, but you put me out in the outdoors, and you know we did that on yes. that on that on that uh, thirty-three deer hunt. You know we went whatever it was ten or twelve miles tracking that deer. Are you serious? I, that's not me. No. You know, but you put a gun in my hands, and I'm out in nature, and I'm walking. It doesn't feel like ten or twelve miles. You're doing something. There's a goal at the end of it. it pack groceries in from the car and i'm like oh my god i'm so tired you know we carried a whole freaking elk out how far you know and and i was wore out but i was good wore out yeah yeah, yeah it, it uh you know and it, my my ex-wife was the pillar of health i mean she's fit run all the time and we go in the mountains and i would tear her up i mean she was like I gotta go to the house. Like, there's no reason 
that you should be able to do this? Well, it's because it's what I love. Yeah. It's what I'm passionate about. It's what I spend my time doing. It's what I've spent my whole life doing. I'm in the outdoors. And so so that, that stigmata that you have to be a certain way and a, a certain athlete and a certain this and have this, you don't. Yeah. It, just get out there. Do, and if you do it wrong, who cares? It, if you're out there doing it and, and you like it, it, even if you like it, I mean, your passion just grows and grows and grows. And it's anybody that hasn't experienced it is is missing out on a big piece of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so many so many things you learn from it, and you know. All that being said, understand your limitations, and you know. If you're doing it because you enjoy the experience, you're never gonna have a bad hunt. No, you're not. Not at all. I've, I've yet to have uh, a bad time hunting. No, I've never had a bad time. Hunting. No, or fishing for that matter. I just I don't. I've I've had a bad time because I missed a deer at ten yards for <laughs> longer than necessary. <laughs> well, you've been given a bad time. For yeah, that. you've you been given. <laughs> you didn't have a bad time. You were given a bad time. Yeah. So my yeah. penance. You know. That's, that's, <laughs> Uh, it's it's funny because you know I've I've um, I've missed plenty of deer in my life. I've missed plenty of short shots. And one year I I remember I missed a deer, and there was just no way that I should have possibly missed it. It was ridiculous. The dang thing was just standing there broadside. I think at like eighty yards. Um, just the one with, that ran over you? No. No that 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 one that one I've told that story on here a couple of times. That one was pretty stupid, as well. I got run over twice that year. Once up at your place, that's and right. Once up there at the right. camp, but but no, I missed one at eight. You know, I missed eighty yards, and I shouldn't. I, there's no way I should have missed it. Um, and then the very next season, opening day of the hunt, an hour and a half into the hunt, I shot a nine point buck at a dead run, mm-hmm. at about 120 yards, and dropped him in his tracks. You know, not advising that kind of a shot, but. You know, that's, it happens. You know, you can miss easy shots and make extremely hard shots. That's why, that's why, you know, not to be too cliche, but that's why they call it hunting and not killing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, bottom line, get out there, enjoy it. If you've ever wondered about getting into hunting, um, do it. It's, you'll never look back. No, no, you It'll it'll get in you and it'll consume you. And that, that that's something too, though. If you get into hunting and you you do develop a true passion for it, it's gonna consume some of your time. <laughs> it is gonna consume some of your time. You, know. you will make time for it. Yeah, you will. At eleven thirty at night, at doing, a, doing a podcast, <laughs> dude. That, that's nothing. That's nothing. We done. We'll you know. We. Way later. I imagine me and Dina, or me and Kyle will probably try and talk you into another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. So, you guys, uh, it's been great. Remember um, to look us up on Facebook, Instagram, follow us, uh, look us up on YouTube, subscribe. Uh, we are going to keep doing this because it's what we love to do. Go to our mercantile on the website. Buy a hat, 
Buy a shirt. Mm-hmm. Buy a sticker. Yep. Buy two. Buy two. We will sell them to you <laughs> for lots and lots of American dollars. <laughs> <laughs> adios. Adios. See you. See ya. That's all you got. Fine. Man. Adios. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Thanks for joining Not a Grande Outdoors podcast. Come follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And don't forget about our website, www.notagrandeoutdoors.com. Adios. Adios.